To begin. Recording. To begin. Um, How to start. Now, I'd, I'd like to say welcome to... Wait, what's the name of my show? <laughs> There's the start. This is part of the problem. See, I need an intro first because I have trouble saying the title of my own show. Trouble because you don't know what to call it or trouble because it's too too many syllables? No, I know what I'm calling it. Say Tristram Shandy. Tristram Shandy. Yeah. Now say it like five times. No, don't. You don't. Yeah, no. No, don't, yeah, no, no, don't do that to a radio actor guy who probably <laughs> could do it, you know. True, true. Yeah, you're a professional. You it's the it. other stuff that I screw up, like, you know, weather in time, you know. <laughs> <laughs> no, because uh, originally it was just going to be called Tristram Shandy Minute. And I'm like, no one will know what Tristram Shandy is. Yeah, I don't know what that is either. And the movie version has a great subtitle, A Cock and Bull Story. <laughs> so the title of the show is going to be Cock and Bull Minute, A Tristram Shandy Story. But every time I say that full title, I'm, well, I didn't just now, which is cool. I mess up saying Tristram Shandy. Well, you only have to get it right once. True. And then you just, you If I put it in the intro, I only have to say it once. Right. But then, as of, as I said before we were recording, I haven't watched the movie. Let me double check when it came out. It came out in 2005. I watched it when it came out on DVD, so probably late 2005. Okay. I did on IMDb give it a high score, so apparently I liked it. A lot. Hmm. And I love the idea of it because it's a behind the scenes, they're making a movie and they're having trouble making it because it's a book that is supposedly unfilmable. And so then I'm thinking, what do I put in an intro for a movie? I, I mean, I could watch the movie again, but I've also wanted to do a show like I put you and several others through with Dave Made a Minute where you were watching minutes of a movie you hadn't seen. And so I'm like, maybe I should try that with this movie and watch it the slow way when I watch it a second time. And so I don't even know what all is coming. And so then I was thinking about what goes in an intro, and because it's a life story, maybe it's a bunch of, like, cuts from different movies of people talking about their life story or something weird. And then I'm like, who has good intros other than me, of course? I love mine. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and yours is one of them, which is why I wanted you. Uh, oh, by the way, listeners, this is Alan... Well, you can introduce yourself. It's Alan Sanders of... What is the name of your radio show? <laughs> Well, it depends which one. Wake Up with Alan Sanders? Waking Up with Alan is Waking the name of the Alan. program on Saturdays. Yep. Uh, I have uh, my own, uh, the public, I guess, Facebook page, The Alan Sanders Show, which is what I go by when I fill in for the uh, major network in Atlanta, uh, WSB, where I'm not there full time, but that's the ultimate goal. Okay. And, of course, I know you from your podcast, The Wilder Ride. Yep. And you have appeared on ours uh, with many episodes because you're just that good of a guest. Yeah. I'm, I, I love jumping in at the last minute because it forces me to, because uh, I, I get obsessive. Yeah. <laughs> as people will learn in this show. And trying to do that on short notice is a challenge and I like doing it. There's a secret goal of mine to try to figure out how to get you to stop taking notes on every episode before you do it. You have to, you have to get me as a guest and don't tell me what minute I'm covering. That, that usually works when you're the guest. Yeah. I mean, I think when you do yours, when you're just off the cuff, it it sounds like it, but when you're reading, it sounds like it too. You got to figure out how to make your reading sound like it's off the cuff. Yeah, I'm, it's getting better because I tend to write knowing how I talk, and so if you listen to when I get into a real rant on a show, like on Mandy Sucks Minute, I've had some long rants that just came out of nowhere. It sounds a lot like stuff that I write. It's a little more repetitive. When I'm editing, I tend to cut out the ums and the breaths and like weird pauses, so it comes out mm -hmm. a lot like what I write. So the editing makes those sound close to each other, but yeah, they're not the same. 
Well, and that's the, that's, that's, and I know we're going on a little tangent here, but yeah. that's, I get into this conversation with a lot of other podcasters that, you know, they hit me up and they say, Hey, how do you do this? Or what do you suggest this? And I'm like, I'm not an expert. I mean, I've got a radio background. I'm, I'm as new to podcasting as a lot of people because it is a little bit of a different medium. And one of the things I said is you do have that ability to put a little bit of a better post-production shine on it, mm-hmm. but you also want to make sure that you're not taking out maybe too many of the pauses or too many of the ums every now and then, because then it may sound almost too staccato in its delivery and nobody talks that fast or thinks that fast. There's always times right. when you're having a conversation where people think for a second and then they pause and they drag out a syllable because they're trying to figure out what the hell am I going to say next, you know? Yeah. Um, so you have to kind of walk that line when you're, when you're doing, you know, post-production and depending on what, what you're doing, like when we do like a more of a news style delivery, well, then it can be punchy, punchy and fast because that's what we want to do. Mm-hmm. But when you're just having a, you know, sound like a bunch of friends hanging around the table with a couple of drinks talking about your favorite movie, it's going to have a little less polish. And that's just learning how to figure that out is, is half the fun. Yeah. And that's something that's interesting for me because I do like right now I have three shows. Mandy Sucks is almost done as we're recording this, but I have three shows going. They are three very different shows when it comes to recording and editing because Mandy Sucks has no preparation. Except for a few, a handful of episodes where I read some stuff and looked some things up. Mostly it's no preparation. I just start the minute playing and start talking. And so editing that, it's more about just cleaning up the long pauses because I had pressed play on the video again and just getting the timing a little better. There's not much to clean. But then Annihilation Minute is scripted word for word up front. And so it comes down to, I actually have a habit of, I make a half a second pause like of relative silence, it's cut out of the thing. So it's not perfect silence because it might sound weird cutting in and out. And I'll stick that in between sentences. And then depending on what the sentence is, I'll put two of them. And then if in my notes, I wrote a pause in or a paragraph bake, I'll put three. And so there's never long pauses unless I wanted them in that show. Like I write the pauses in and I think sometimes that does come across unnatural, but I'm okay with it because that is a science fiction movie where things are bizarre, and I'm like, it's it's a thing I'm sort of going for with it. As long as you know not to read your own stage direction, like Joey. Yeah, I don't know if you ever watched the episode in Friends when he was working. Oh yeah, well if I do, if I say pause, <laughs> I just cut out the where the spot where I say pause. It's did fine. Did you ever see that episode with Gary Oldman where you? Yeah. Goes, Quick correction for my friend Alan. That is the Jeff Goldblum episode. Not the Gary Oldman episode. Though the Gary Oldman episode is pretty good too. The spitting for enunciation. What do you think you're doing there, long pause? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I want to long pause. <laughs> but I can't. So sorry. You're not supposed to say long pause. <laughs> oh, oh, I thought that was your character's name. You know, I thought you were like an Indian or something, you know. <laughs> no. Thank you so much for coming in. He's like, wait, long pause? No, no. I mean, you take a long pause, then you go to the next <laughs> line. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah. But, well, then you have, I'm doing the room minute, and it's just me, uh, co-host Allison. The one I'm editing today has three guests, so it's five tracks through the whole thing. And there, I kind of let the pauses breathe. Because it's you want the flow of the actual conversation. If too many things are overlapping and we need to hear one of them, I'll like cheat and move it out a little bit to the side so we hear them separately. But mostly it flows how it flows. 
and gotcha. But the like the other two, Annihilation and Mandy, is just my voice most of the time, and then inserts of clips and sound bites. Annihilation Man even has background music at a really low volume, and so it's like even when there's silence, there's not silence, mm-hmm. and so I play with it. Well, let me ask you this, because one of the things that I know we like doing, and it actually is a lot more work, but I think it helps for the kind of shows we do when it comes to the movies by minutes or just talking movies in general, mm-hmm. is I spend time looking for the sound bites that maybe we're talking about or that we're yeah. laughing over or, and I, and I insert yes. them in. So it takes some time, but I think that really, for me, it feels like helps the listener if they were sort of familiar with what we're talking about, maybe they haven't watched the movie. They're just familiar yeah. with it. It feels like it really pulls you in a little bit more to the conversation. Well, that's like I've been listening to Indiana Jones Minute because they just started a new, the new their final season, basically. And they're talking about like, oh, and here the arc theme comes in. And I'm like, it's been a few years since I watched Raiders of the Lost Ark. I don't remember what the arc theme sounds like offhand. They do because they've been doing this show. Right. And I'm like, I wish they'd insert it. Tell me what it sounds like, because I'm, I'm, I generally listen to podcasts when I'm in the car. I can't go check when I'm driving. Exactly. And that's how I feel as a, when I'm mixing and when I'm in that post-production mode, is I now think to myself, okay, if I'm listening now, and I don't know about how when you edit, I literally almost forget what I've said. So it's, I'm in edit mode. I feel like I'm listening mm-hmm. to it for the first yes. time. And so I sort of leave my, I know, part of my brain open to, oh, wouldn't it be cool if, like, that's one of my things. If you want to ask me, like, what's my trigger is, uh, there's that, it must be on like on a loop. Every line I hear, I go, well, wouldn't it be yeah. cool if, and if there's nothing that fills that space, I'm like, okay, apparently there's nothing cool there. So I'll go to the next line. But all of a sudden, if I hear, oh, wouldn't it be cool if we inserted the theme, mm-hmm. then I'll go get it. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And that's what I do. I, 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 it's, it's a lot more work, but I think for the listener anyway, my, my goal is to try to make it as not only entertaining, but relatable. And if, yes. like what you said, I mean, we both know the Indiana Jones movies. We mm-hmm. know a lot of the music. We know what's happening, but let's face it. I watched Kingdom of the Crystal Skull once, which Me is too. what they're doing right yeah. now. So I'm aware of big things of the movie. I'm not aware of minutia in the movie. So it's fun to hear him talk, but I would, I almost wish I could say, hey, why don't you try this? But I'm like, hey, you guys obviously are doing something that works for your audience, you know, whatever. But, um, I do like doing that for me. Yeah. And I started doing that with, uh, Dave made a minute and I moved, took all those sound bites. I'd also use, uh, video clips when I did YouTube reviews. Similar idea, but with video. So I turned all those into sound files. I took all the ones I used in Dave Made a Minute, the few I put into Halloween, and I made a sound directory in my Dropbox where now after I use stuff, I throw it in there. So I do this growing collection of like famous lines people might reference from movies, things that have come up a lot because of my references. And so I'll already have some of those clips when I need them. The What was the thing from Princess Bride where someone says, what was that? What was that? Was that? And what was that over and over? And I've used that in like three different episodes of three different shows. But now I have that sound clip if I ever need it. You know, that's so funny because I've developed two different things. When it comes to doing a movie, what I'll do is I'll decide I'll record the whole movie as its own track. Just do it one day when I'm doing Mm -hmm. something else. I can let it just go in do the live recording. So I've got the whole thing because I sometimes don't know what I might want to use. But then when there's certain sound bites that I know this is a great sound bite. I actually have a folder I've been creating and adding sound bites, so I'm creating my own little like sound ca- yeah. catalog. Uh, and especially when I do our uh, our, our weekly sound, um, excuse me, our flash briefing, where we, I like inserting little news nuggets and like little uh, commentary almost with those sound bites. Like that library is getting bigger and bigger now, and I and I just have such fun with that. Yeah, I 
I've been doing that for the room uh, minute. You're not familiar with the movie, right? No, not at all. But like early episodes, he's, he has a slam where he's just like, anything for my princess. Anything for my princess. Because <laughs> he brings a gift to his girlfriend, his fiance. And that same line, some guest or my co-host said it in all of the like first 10 episodes. So I'm like, I'll just keep that sandbite handy. <laughs> and every time someone would say it, I'd insert him saying it right after them. As like an echo. <laughs> yeah. Like an echo, yeah. And so I have like a handful of lines now that I've been keeping for that purpose. And then I have, once I cut all the video into minute files, uh, I use, what program is that? The free video to MP3, like, transition program. I forget what it's called. Just put all of those minute long videos into that and it made minute long audio. So all of my audio is separated mm-hmm. by minute also. So I can look in the script if I need to find where a specific line is and just get to it quickly. Yeah, and you know what? I think that's just it's, – it's a combination of experience because once you start doing one, you start mm-hmm. editing, you start realizing, oh, I wish I had kept that. Or, oh, I w- I'm gonna, I would love to use that again, and you have to go dig and find it. And then you start realizing, you know what? Let's be proactive here. As I start to pull cuts for yeah. other things, might as well just yes. save it because you never know when you could use it again. Of course, yeah. And all of it takes up a lot of space, but I have a very big Dropbox file. <laughs> yeah, well, for me, I'm saving all my, all my audio I keep on a, a local drive so I can access it very quickly. Yeah. What I've realized is I'm going to have to go through and reorganize it in a way that I can identify the sound bite where it's from faster. Because now I'm starting to get where some of the sound bites may be labeled similarly. Oh. And there's a difference between, you know, like Darth Vader saying, I find your lack of faith disturbing to... Uh, you know, you have to have faith from <laughs> Fright Night. Yes. <laughs> you know? Kind of two completely different voices. Your sad devotion to that ancient religion has not helped you conjure up the stolen data tapes or given you clairvoyance enough to find the rebels' hidden fortress. I find your lack of faith disturbing. Enough of this. Vader, release him. As you wish. As you wish was all he ever said. Farm boy, fill these with water. Please. As you wish. That day she was amazed to discover that when he was saying as you wish, what he meant was, I love you. And even more amazing was the day she realized she truly loved him back. to work on me, Mr. Vincent. Most of mine 
most of mine, I think I just label what is it they're saying, and I just type out the entire sentence as the file name. Oh, I do. Yeah, I do the same thing. But what I've started to do now is put if it's whatever movie it's from, I'll do that first, so they're all grouped okay. together. So now, like all of my Galaxy Quest, this is like GQ space. Uh, and I just know it's Galaxy Quest, not yeah. the men's magazine, but <laughs> GQ, space, whatever the line is. Uh, you know, Star Wars, whatever the line is. Uh, Big Lebowski, yeah. or actually I think it just said Big Lebowski, whatever the line is. So I gotta go, go all and get the other ones now, cause I've got tons and tons from the movies we've done that are just still floating out there. But uh, at some point I'll just rename them. It, it won't take a lot of time. It's just, I've realized putting just a little of a, of a, almost like a category in front by, so that all the movie quotes are kind of grouped together by movie. And then they're all written out like you do. Like, uh, so I know exactly what's said in that quote. Some, sometimes I, I look over at the left side of my screen as you're talking and see, I have the Dave made a minute folder open. And there's, there's a sound clip in there called boom on meaning. I have a guess as to what that is, is the guy who played the boom operator saying something about the meaning of the film. But I don't know why I labeled him as mm-hmm. boom. I know his name. I talked to him. <laughs> like I did an interview with him, but his name in the movie is boom operator. Yes. But I talked to the actor in an episode. Right. And I'm like, why did I label it as boom? Right above that is Bill, words of wisdom. That's the director, you know, talking about words of wisdom. Like, that's a weird label. Can I tell you, I mean, as a, as a little side mm-hmm. conversation, that is still one of the most fun sort of experiments that I've done, you know, with your uh, randomly assigning mm-hmm. minutes to a movie that no yeah. one's ever seen, totally out of out of context, and you have no idea if you're even close to guessing. And it was amazing listening to it. How I'd say the majority of what people were guessing turned out more right than wrong. Yes. Which is remark, it's wonderful. I don't know if it's, it's partly a lot of insightful people watching movies because they're people who do this, like watch movies and Mm -hmm. nitpick and break them down. And also it's a well-made film where you can figure out who is this character when you watch one scene. And so it's a mix of two very good, that's a good combination there. And for what was basically my second podcast doing this, I was really happy with it because it turned out great and people had fun. And I was like, yes, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> yeah, it, it was a, it was a great experiment. I know when we talked and you, you gave me the honor of uh, giving, uh, having an interview with you. Yeah, at the end. Uh, toward the end. And I asked you, you know, would you do this again? And you said, it's really hard to try to find a movie that no one or a group yeah. of people haven't seen. I still think it'd be fun to do again. And I'd, I'd wonder. If it was a lesser made movie, which might be more challenging to get people to want to mm-hmm. stick through it, but was it because Bill Watterson and crew, because it was a micro budget, because they were putting their whole heart and soul yeah. into it, and so they were taking such care to try to make it right yeah. with uh, you know limited sets, limited budget? I thought their art direction was fantastic. Mm-hmm. I wonder if somebody didn't have maybe as much to the dis- you know maybe they didn't take it as seriously, would it have would those contextual clues we were able to kind of pick up? Would it have been as clear or would we have you know, been all over the place with our guesses? That, well, that comes down to I wanted to do a season two of that this year. And I spent the part of this past summer trying to figure out what movie. I, I had an immediate movie in mind that would be worth the time and worth doing randomly. But it's whether or not people had seen it, they would immediately know what it is because the title is said a lot. It's the name of a character in the film. And it's another little indie movie. It's from the same year, actually, that Dave Maze came out. And I love it. And then I'm like, but it, it, I don't think it would work quite as well, even though they probably haven't seen it. It's much easier to find. Some people still didn't know the title of Dave Made a Maze as they're going to record. <laughs> and then I'm like, how can I go more obscure, 
but still be worth the time. And like you're saying, it's the art direction. I'm like, what can I do that's cheaper? And in thinking of like horror film kind of things where like or low budget weird movies. Oh, you're in one, actually. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm in a couple of weird what's ones. What's the one I, what's the title of the one I watched? Um, something about music. Well, oh, Shrimp Crawl. Shrimp Crawl, yeah. The music of the swamp? Music of the- Yeah, the music of the swamp. Music of the swamp, yeah. Where a lot of it is filmed outside in like a forest or in a swamp and so there's, they're saving money by just filming outdoors in the middle of nowhere and it's a lot of like chase scenes will be in low budget movies. Horror films do that a lot. Mm-hmm. But then I'm like, will a horror film get as interesting a conversation? Cause Dave made a maze was also about like a creative person who isn't able to be creative because it doesn't, you know, it doesn't work in your daily life to be that kind of way. And the people around him having to support him when maybe they shouldn't, you know, realistically. But in the context, they had to. And I also think with Dave made a maze. It was a pretty much an ensemble performance, yeah. and it was as much a character study as it was about being in sort of this fantastical world, which was, I would argue, part horror, part comedy, mm-hmm. you know, and, and it walked that line yeah. very well that, to me, is hard to do. Well, I, I don't think I'll do the other one I thought was a good movie for it, so I could just say, I, I don't know if you've heard of a movie called Brigsby Bear? I have not. <laughs> it's it's a similar idea, and Mark Hamill is, is in it. Really? You know, in the beginning of it, yeah. He plays the father of the main character. Uh, the opening sequence is this guy in like his twenties has lived in a shelter out in the middle of the desert and hasn't interacted with any other real people except his parents. Since we learn pretty early, this isn't a spoiler, he was kidnapped as a child. Ah. And all he has to experience the world is watching a kids TV show called Brigsby Bear. Oh, so is it like a Teddy Ruxpin kind of spinoff or illusion? Okay. Yeah. It's kind of like, it's kind of like that with weird cosmic elements and magic and stuff. Well, actually, maybe Teddy Ruxpin had that. I don't know. I don't remember. But then he gets out and finds out that show was produced by his parents. It wasn't a real show that any other people that he's meeting out in the real world know. And he can't like connect that with his new reality. And so he gets together with his few friends he makes and during the film and they film a Brigsby Bear movie. To like complete the story. <laughs> and it is the most adorable, wholesome thing. Kind of like Dave made a maze where it's like this feel good movie that's kind of bizarre along the way. Greg Kinnear's in there as one of the actors he hires. He's like, I think he's a local cop who has dabbled in acting. So it gets him to be in the movie and they steal props from the, from the evidence locker of the old show that his father produced to make this new movie. And it's, it's cute and it's, it has a great message to it. But also, the title is Brigsby Bear, which if you watch one scene of the movie, they probably say. Because they talk about the character a lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so it's like people, anyone who wanted to guess and go find it would find it immediately. And I'm like, I don't know if I want that. That's the other thing is you got to have faith that the people you pick, and you know some people admittedly said, I couldn't help it, I had to go watch it. You know? Yeah. And part of it is fear of looking stupid or sounding stupid, mm-hmm. so you'd rather go watch the movie and break that rule. Right, you don't want to be completely wrong. Right. And now on, on the flip side, you get people like me and Walt. We're usually wrong all the time, so that, <laughs> we have no problem. We're like, all right, we're all in. <laughs> How do you screw this up? If we're wrong, we're yeah. wrong. Oh, well. And then yours, your episodes were great. You figured out what was going on. You had interesting tangents. You had the one where I, one of the ones where I started inter, um, inserting sound effects and stuff because you started talking about James Bond. So I put like the James Bond theme underneath your conversation. Yeah. Cause the, the James Bond girls were arriving yeah. in front of the little, uh, little, little, uh, like sheet. What do you call it? Like a mm-hmm. membrane. Yeah. And oh man, 
we've gone 20 minutes. And we haven't even gotten to your intro yet. <laughs> Which is your point. Well, maybe we'll get to it in the next episode. So, <laughs> I love being part of your little social experiments. You're like, I want to see if I can get yeah. someone to do this. So, Alan, where can the listeners find you? Um, you know what? <laughs> uh, a lot of places, but podcast-wise, uh, the entertainment side of me needs a break. Uh, I, let me say that again. <laughs> the entertainment side of me needs a release because my normal day job is news talk, which can get really, really heavy and cumbersome, and, and, and a lot of people have a lot of anger about what sides they take. And I'm like, you know what? I just want to like talk movies, and I just want to laugh and have fun. So we created a podcast called The Wilder Ride, where we look at the movies of Gene Wilder, one minute of the movie at a time. So much like the other movies by minutes podcasts that are out there, but instead of looking at a franchise, we're looking at the body of work of an actor. So we've already done Young Frankenstein. We wrapped up Blazing Saddles last season, and we're in pre-production right now for Silver Streak. We also use our off-season time on our Patreon page to talk about lots of other movies we love, but not quite to such excruciating detail as one minute at a time, but we do give it a pretty good once-over with guests and lots and lots of fun. And the cool thing with our the name of our show, The Wilder Ride, is we got lucky it didn't exist in any other social media platform anywhere. So whether you're looking on you know thewilderride.com, Wilder Ride on Twitter, The Wilder Ride in Facebook, or wherever, that's the name it goes by. So we don't have an abbreviation, a shortened name. It's just look for us for The Wilder to ride i suppose i don't have an outro yet so i should say who i am uh i'm robert black you can find my various podcasts at lemmingdrops.com we already mentioned a bunch of them michael myers minute dave made a minute annihilation minute the room minute mandy sucks minute and then this one cock and bull minute cut that's a wrap